Amen and amen. Well, as you know, we've been going through a series called Disciple You, uh, Discipleship University, uh, learning what it is to be a disciple. And we've uh, looked at this for a few weeks, got uh, just a few more weeks. As a matter of fact, this will go right up until the week before, the Sunday before, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Y'all got that? Uh, so, and that's right around the corner, by the way, and we'll be, we'll be here before you know it. But uh, today we're looking at the topic of the copy. When you think about a copy, you know, as I was thinking about that, my mind went back to my grade school days, and I remember the teachers, and back in, back in the day, they used to have to do certain things to make copies different from today. Uh, if they needed to make a copy for the, each of their students for tests or for uh, worksheets for each student, they used something back in the day, called a mimeograph machine. Y'all remember that? Uh, yes. I'm not sure the 11 o'clock will remember all this, but, you know, I knew you all would, right? It's fascinating what my kids, I tell them, my own kids, stuff like this, they say, Dad, you are just old. That's no, I'm not old. What are you talking about? Anyway, the mimeograph machine, if you remember, um, it, was, it, it was a machine that pushed ink through a stencil. Uh, to make uh, copies, and there was no color really, it was just black or blue, best that I can recall, and it was either the hand crank or it was electric, uh, but it would make a copy. Now today, uh, it's really fascinating because I can sit at my desk and I can have a, a document on my computer, and I can simply click a button, and I will listen, and down the hall, I'll hear it copying, as many copies as I want. It's a fascinating thing, isn't it? It is amazing. That's exactly right. And so, and then, and not only that, but then when you're doing Microsoft Word documents, if you want to, if you're trying to copy even what you have over here to this one, you can just simply highlight, copy, and then paste it right over there. Man, it is fast. I love it. You know, you're talking about these copies. But, you know, as we think about copying today, today we're, we're not really talking about making copies. We're going to talk about being a copy. We're going to be a copy. We need to be a copy. And as we grow in our walk with Jesus as disciples, we are learning what it is to be like Jesus. Amen? That's what it's all about, to be like Jesus. And we want to be a copy. We want to be a replica, emulating, emulating to others who Jesus is. And today, we see that he gives his disciples in this passage of Scripture that we're going to look at. We're going to look at this. He gives them a pattern of serving and then makes it clear that as disciples, we are to serve others. And in so doing, we are to point people to him. Now, as we've been thinking about this idea of servanthood and serving as Jesus has taught us to serve, do we really know what that looks like? Well, I found a video, a humorous video, and it's about servanthood from Skit Guys. And I wanted you to see it to let you know that this is not how to do serving as believers. So let's take a look at this real quick video. Hi! It's your neighbors, Jim and Julina Sanders. From next door. How are you? Hey, hey, we totally know that you don't like going to church with us, so we're not even here to invite you to no. church, all right? We're not even here to tell you the four little happy hops to heaven. We're not even here to, to sell you fire insurance. Yeah. You know from down there. Get that hell. Yeah. 
Disciple. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. What I'm gonna do is, I just got this water basin here, yeah. and I just want to wash your foot. Yeah. Right, stick out so your big toe. Just stick out your big toe. Come on. on. No, okay, no. This will be over in just a minute. Yeah. Just, it's get, just take yeah. a second. Okay. Now I got the shoe. Now just give me your toe. All yeah, right. Just, Come on. Just give me your. Oh, That's a fine howdy do. I know. All right. Well, we'll just leave the shoe here. Leave the brownies. Guess we'll go next door. Okay, can I can I talk more this time? Such a place, baby. Okay. What a friend we have indeed. <laughs> that is not how you do service, all right? Just want you to know, that's not what we're talking about here today. But we are talking about the biblical way of doing service. And what Jesus has, uh, has wanted us to do and taught us and given us an example to do is found in John chapter 13. So if you would, turn there if you haven't already, and in honor and reverence to the Word of God, I'm going to read John 13, verses 1 through 17. This passage of Scripture that is rich, just rich in meaning, rich in Jesus, giving us an example, uh, much to be found here. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, 
A servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you, Lord, for how you speak to us through your word and through the preached word and through messages and song, all that you've done already this morning. We pray that you continue to move in our midst. And Lord, call us to the place where we need to be to to realize where we are as being servants as you have taught us. Lord, may we see what you have done here. May it move us. May it challenge us. May it comfort us. Lord, may it cause us to pause and realize how good and great and gracious you are to us. But also, Father, may it challenge us to be the people of God you've called us to be as your disciples. If there are those here today that don't know you, we pray that this will be the hour of salvation. For those of us who do, may it be a time of refreshing and renewal. And Lord, when we walk away from here today, may we know that we have been in your presence. Lord, that's what we long for. That's what we're praying for. For you to move in mighty ways by being here with us and touching our hearts. So Lord, have your way, we pray. May the words of my mouth... Meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, you see the outline uh, in the bullet. There's a whole lot of blanks there today. And we're going to walk through those. And the first thing that we see here as we're looking at the topic of the copy is a profound expression. And the first thing we've seen is a profound expression of his glory. A profound expression of his glory, something that we see. As we look at our passage, we see some of his glory. We see this profound expression of his glory. We see here, as we're looking at our passage of Scripture, who he is. We see what it is that Jesus knows. And we also see here how Jesus loves in this passage. Like I said, it is a rich passage of Scripture. Let's just look at the first three verses again. It tells us here now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, watch this, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God. So here is is the profound expression of his glory that we can really pick up on right away is that Jesus in this passage of scripture we see that Jesus knows who he is. He is God in the flesh. Jesus knows where he came from. He knows his own authority. He knows what is ahead of him. He knows where he is going. He knows when that's happening. And he is the as we look at this we can see that Jesus is the complete master of this situation. He is moving forward knowing that the cross is only about a day away from him now. He is within 24 hours or so of the cross of Calvary and Jesus knows it is before him. And we see him in this chapter doing what he's doing. We see the profound expression of his glory and in this we see that he is the God of love. We see in verse 1 it tells us there that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
He loved them to the end. That, that could also mean not only to the end like in time span, but also to the end meaning fully and completely. Either way, we see that Jesus loved them. He is the God of love. In John 15 and verse 9, it tells us, As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. And so he is the God of love. And here we see his glory, loving unconditionally these disciples. But also through his actions here, he is revealing in a profound expression of his glory. We're seeing that he is showing through the midst of this what he has done. And what he's going to do. We see in this portrayal here of what's taking place, Jesus is showing this profound expression of what he has done, but also what he will do. Well, where where do you see that, preacher? Well, well, it's an interesting detail here. When you look at uh, verse 2, it says, after supper being ended. But but most most, uh, translators believe that that is really during supper. In verse 4, we see that picks up on that idea that Jesus rose from supper. So it's during supper. So Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples during the meal. Now that's completely unusual. That was not proper protocol for the culture of that day. Typically, before the meal, as people would come into the house, that is when there would be the washing of the feet. Not after the meal, and certainly not never, ever during the meal. And so as Jesus is taking this stance and he is washing the feet of the disciples during the meal, that means that there is something that he wants them to take note of. There's something that he needs them to see. There's something that he needs them to experience, and they need to experience that now. In verse 4, we see what that is. We see he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. So Every detail of how this movement takes place during supper is spelled out. Now, why is that? You see, every word of Scripture is important. Amen? The Holy Spirit inspires the Word of God. So everything that we see is important. And so what we see here is as we see in this movement, he rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. It is a picture of what Jesus has already done. Well, what are you talking about? Well, it's a picture how he rose from the throne and left heaven to come to earth, laid aside the outward expression of his glory, and how he became a servant and how he humbled himself to die on the cross. The Apostle Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, verses 7 and 8. He says, Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Matthew says in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, this is Jesus speaking, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, Jesus is revealing what it is that he has done. It is a profound expression of his glory that he left the glory of heaven, set aside that glory, and came in the form of a servant to serve us, to save us from our sins. Amen? Y'all with me this morning? That's what he is showing that he has done. But also he's revealing what he will do. As a matter of fact, in verse 12, we see here that it tells us that after washing their feet, that he put his garments on again and returned to his place at the table. So he's showing that he will return to glory and he will return to God. He is the servant Lord who came from glory to serve us by dying in our place on a cross and he will rise again and return to his glory. He is showing that here in this picture 
of the washing of the feet. It's a profound expression of his glory, but also in the same way, it's a profound expression, secondly, of his grace. It's a profound expression of his grace. And as we've seen in verse 4, the words there that he laid aside and then later that he had taken his garments, those words are significant words there. These words are identical to those that he uses when he speaks earlier of his death as the good shepherd. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 10, it reads this way in verse 17, 18. Jesus says, therefore, my father loves me because I lay down, there's that word, my life that I may take it again. There's that word. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. So as the good shepherd, we see that he would prove the full extent of his love and grace by laying down his life for his sheep. So the profound, this profound expression of grace is borne out now. He is showing his glory, but he's also showing his grace in the washing of their feet. Now let's see what happens. <clears throat> let's look at verse 6. Jesus now has risen from supper. He's laid aside his garments. He's taken a towel. He's girded himself. He poured water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples' feet. And as he's washing the disciples' feet, he wipes them with the towel with which he was girded. And now in verse 6, he comes to Simon Peter. Now, Peter has been watching this, this whole thing taking place. He has watched how he has washed some of the disciples' feet already, and now he's coming to him. And so Peter probably... Just because we know how Peter acts, right? Peter probably can hardly stand it. He, he wants to speak up, but when Jesus comes to him, he says, Lord, are you washing my feet? And then Jesus answered him, and he said to him, he says, now, Peter, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter says to him something very unique. He says, you shall never wash my feet. Now, the never here is very emphatic. So what Jesus, what Peter rather is saying to Jesus, he is saying, Jesus, you shall not, you shall never, you shall not never wash my feet forever. It's emphatic. You will not do this to me. Jesus answered, if I do not wash you, you have no part of me. And then Peter as Peter does, he, he flipped and went the extreme in the opposite direction. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. He is saying, this is the Christ. As he sees, first off, as Jesus is coming to him washing, he says, no, you, you're not going to do this, Jesus, because you're the Christ. You're the Messiah, the Son of God, the Holy One, and you're going to wash my feet? And so Peter rebels against what Jesus is doing. And then we see that once Jesus gives him some explanation there, that then he goes in the opposite extreme and he tells Jesus, well, what you're doing then is not enough. You see? Peter, Peter, Peter. Wouldn't you just like to take him and shake him a little bit? But of course, we're seeing it from a different angle than Peter is. He's living that out. We're seeing it from post-resurrection. But we want to say to Peter, Peter, just trust Jesus. He knows what he's doing. Peter, just trust Jesus. Don't rebel. Don't try to tell him what to do. Because Peter, look, cleansing comes from Jesus alone. And there's nothing that we can do to add to it, Peter. <clears throat> you see, Peter, you need to humbly accept this gift of grace. 
I don't know if you've ever had your feet washed before, and, but I'll t- or if you've been the foot washer. But for the person who is washing the feet is a humbling experience. But also, if you're the one receiving the, wash, the washing of the feet, it also is a humbling experience. And, it, and it's all within us when someone washes our feet to, to feel awkward that, that I don't really want you to do this. I, I want to do this myself. I don't have control over it. And so you have to humble yourself to receive that gift of grace. That's what they were feeling then. And how true it is for us that we need to also understand that we, when we're knowing what Jesus is doing, we need to humbly accept his gift of grace. Just as Peter, we too must be willing to accept the gift of grace from Jesus and allow him to cleanse us. Because it is Jesus who washes us clean. And he washes us clean, friends, just so you know, not with a basin of water, but with his blood, the blood of the cross. That's how we are made white. That's how we are made clean. If we do not allow him to wash us and make us clean, we can have no part with him today or in eternity. That's why, <clears throat> that's what he tells Peter, and that's what he tells us as well. Matter of fact, in Colossians 1 and verse 20, it says, And by him, Jesus, <clears throat> to reconcile all things to himself, the Father, having made peace through the blood of his cross. There's where the peace is. It's through the blood of the cross of Calvary. And then we find in verse 10, this conversation takes place. He says, Peter says to the Lord, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. So what does that mean? What does that mean? They had been washed. That means that he says, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You're already clean. You are already clean. And since you're already clean, now all you need to do is just wash your feet. So what that means is that they had been washed. They had been made right with God as they had believed in this Jesus. But they still needed the ongoing cleansing from sin in their daily walk. You see, friends, we are right with holy God when we know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. When we've trusted him by faith. We are clean and righteous for, for holy God. But yet there still needs to be that daily washing of our feet. Because we still get dirty when we walk, right? Amen? We still get, our feet still get dirty when we walk. And so we ask the Lord to cleanse us. We need that cleansing. Matter of fact, in 1 John 1, verses 7, and 9, 7 through 9, says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. We're made clean. But if we say that we have no sin... Then we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there must be daily cleansing, asking the Lord to cleanse us of where we have failed him so that there is no hindrance to us hearing his voice or <clears throat> so that we can walk with him daily. Once we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that does not mean that we never sin again. We still fail. I know that comes as a shock, right? <clears throat> we still fail. We still sin. But here's the promise. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So they must daily, he's telling them, they must daily be prepared to serve him, not allowing sin to hinder their walk. 
And the same is true for disciples today. We don't want any sin in our lives that's going to hinder our walk with the Lord. Amen? We don't want any sin in our life to hinder us from walking with the Lord. But the, so we see that that is true for the disciples then. That's true for the disciples today as well. We see this profound expression of his glory. And we see this profound expression of his grace. And all that he does here as he walks through, as he washes their feet, taking the towel, rising from supper, laying aside his garments, pouring the water. All these things have significance. The profound expression of his glory and his grace. And then secondly, we also see this perfect example of humility. This perfect example of humility. <clears throat> I'm going to grab my bottle of water and keep talking. Isn't it odd at what we're looking here? Isn't it interesting at what we're looking at in this picture of Jesus? The king of kings who is kneeling, washing the disciples' feet. Isn't that an odd picture? Isn't it an odd picture that we see the Son of God who is stooping down to clean the dust and the dirt from tired toes? Isn't that interesting? Isn't it interesting that we see the Creator who is serving the created? It's odd. What's about this? He took on, Jesus took on every aspect of a servant. As you look at this picture, we see that Jesus has, has, <clears throat> has put on every and took on every aspect of a servant. He took a towel. That's the garment of a servant. Notice it tells us here <clears throat> that he poured water into the basin. He prepared the water. He put it into the basin. He went and washed each of the disciples' feet. He then dried their feet, wiping them with a towel. You see, Jesus did, had, did every aspect of this washing of the disciples' feet as the servant. He didn't have somebody else do any portion of it. He did every single part of it. He would have no one else do this or any part of this. It would all be him because he served them. Friends, let me just ask you a question this morning. Too often, <clears throat> what is our response when it comes to serving others. We see what Jesus has done here, the King of Kings, the Creator, the Son of God, and how He is serving here willingly. But what is our response in serving too often? Too often our response is, hey, let's let somebody else do it. Let somebody else do it. Or, that's beneath me. I, I, I've come a long way. That's not where I'm at. That's beneath what I need to be doing. Or, I'm not interested. Or maybe it's me. Me serve them? I don't think so. Mm. But here what we find in our scripture is the all-powerful, all-knowing God, and yet he humbles himself and he serves. What a perfect example of humility in serving. Amen. Y'all getting the picture here of who Jesus is, that he is God in all of his glory and all of his grace kneeling, washing, tired and dirty and probably very smelly feet. Wow. Let's look at verses 12 through 15. <clears throat> it tells us when he had washed their feet, taking his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do 
as I have done to you. He's an example. You see, this idea of foot, foot washing. <clears throat> foot washing was the most demeaning task assigned to household servants. Some historical sources even considered that the task was too demeaning even for servants, but rather it was better done by a slave. Whatever the case, foot washing was never, never, never performed by a superior. Never. And so what Jesus does here, as often he would do, this act violates the social customs to such a degree that there is no comparison anywhere. And so when Jesus stoops down to wash the disciples' feet, don't you know that they are taking notice of what is happening here? The teacher, the rabbi, the Lord is stooping down, washing my feet. Also, you need to realize the backdrop of this scene. Luke records that right before this happens in Luke 22, that the disciples are having a conversation among themselves. As a matter of fact, they're disputing among themselves as to who would be the greatest in God's kingdom. Who's going to be the greatest in God's kingdom? And so Jesus then, right after that conversation, that argument, where they're arguing among themselves as to who would be the greatest, Jesus now teaches them by showing them by his perfect example that greatness in the kingdom comes from serving others. Amen? There's where the greatness is. It's not seeking to be first. It's not seeking to be great, but rather it is seeking to serve. It is flipping society on its head. It's flipping the cultural norms upside down. That's what it does here. As a matter of fact, he wants them, they, he's telling them this because they need to get this. He's got less than 24 hours before the cross happens. They need to understand this. They need to get this. And brothers and sisters, so do we. We need to get this as well. Remember what Jesus says to the disciples in Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28, in Matthew's account of this. He says, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. And then we read this verse earlier, but read it again. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So in today's scripture, Jesus is saying, I have given you an example. He's gone through this washing of their feet, setting aside his glory, exhibiting his grace with unconditional love. And he is saying, here is an example. I have given you an example. I've given you a model. I've given you a pattern. You must be the copy. You must be the copy here. Jesus is saying that when people see you, They must see me in you. That's what he's saying. Here's the example. Humbly serving, follow my example. Jesus is a perfect example of humility. He's a perfect example of humility and in hostility as well. You see, Jesus knows what's going to happen. 
He knows his time has come to return to the Father. He knows the cruel cross is before him. He knows it's all going to begin very shortly with a kiss from a disciple that is about to betray him. And look at verse 11. It tells us here, For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. He knows exactly what's going to take place. He knows it's Judas that is going to betray him. Not only does he know about Judas, he knows how the other disciples are going to flee. They're going to run and flee. They're going to deny him. Peter's going to deny him. He's already told him that. And so we see that Jesus knows all that's going to happen. And what I find very interesting here is that what does Jesus do in the midst of this washing of the feet of the disciples? Does the scripture indicate to you anywhere that when Jesus comes to old Judas, that he says, oh, not this one, and skips right over him? That's not what he does, is it? We have no indication of that whatsoever. Nowhere do we see that Jesus skips Judas when he washes the disciples' feet. Nor do we, nor do we see that Jesus says, hey, hey, boys, hey, bring me the hot water for this one. As he's washing some of those disciples' feet that are getting ready to run and flee away from him and deny him. We don't see any indication that as he grabs a hold of their feet, he doesn't twist their toes just a little bit harder so that when they run, they'll remember. That doesn't happen, does it? No. He simply washes their feet. Every one of them. And dries their feet lovingly with the towel, the creator, serving the created, the king of kings, stooping down. He knows what he has just done. He knows that he has washed the feet of his betrayer. And he is the perfect example of servanthood. Perfect example of humility, of unconditional love, even in the face of great hostility. How different we would have handled things if we were to be the ones washing those feet, right? It would be natural for us to skip over old Judas or complaining the whole time because of what we knew. But as disciples, Jesus has given us an example And how he washed the disciples' feet. How he served. But also he's given us the power through the Holy Spirit to follow the example of Jesus. And to serve even in the midst of hostility. You see, friends, listen. We are to serve as Jesus taught us to serve. We're to serve others. We're to serve the Lord. We're to serve each other. We're to serve even the lost. We don't know how people are going to respond when we serve. But that should not stop us from humbly serving. Amen? We are to serve others even if we face hostility in this world. We are to serve others even if people reject us. We are to serve others even if people reject our message. We are to serve even if people do not appreciate what we do. We are to serve. As a matter of fact, Colossians 3 verses 23 and 24 tells us, Whatever you do, do it heartily, as in with all your heart, as to the Lord... And not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. That's who we're serving as we serve. 
When we serve, listen, when we serve freely and humbly without expecting the response or the approval of others, then we are acting like a disciple of Jesus, a copy of who Jesus is. We don't serve in order to get approval. We don't serve in order to so that people will like us more. We serve with the, as with the disciple's heart of being like Jesus. That's how we are to serve. To be a copy of Jesus in serving, let us consider his profound expression of his glory and his grace and see his perfect example of his humility even in the midst of hostility. But then thirdly, let us also hear his perpetual expectation. I know y'all are blown away by my big words today. This perpetual expectation. Look what he says in verses 14 through 16. He says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent you. So what we find here is that because of what Jesus has done on the cross and at the empty tomb, listen, he has the authority to have expectations of us. Amen? Because of who Jesus is, he is our Lord. He is the one who went to the cross to take my sin, the penalty of my sin on the cross for me. He rose again bodily from the grave. Because of who he is, he has the authority to have an expectation of me as his disciple. And so this perpetual expectation, first off, is bestowed as our behavior. Perpetual expectation bestowed as our behavior. In other words... He is our teacher and Lord. And as our teacher and Lord, he is the one who leads us. And he is the one who is Lord over us. And so if, listen, if he has given us an example, then he expects us to follow that example. Right? And that example is to humbly serve as he has perpetually. In other words, continually, daily. In other words, it is to be this idea of being a humble servant. Is to be who we are as disciples. Being a humble servant is to be our rule of life as disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm. Have mercy. You see, just as he set aside his glory, took up the cross and serving for us for our salvation, we also must deny ourselves, take up the cross, following him and his example because because of our salvation, not for it. We are to serve as Jesus served. It's a humble, loving service, setting aside my position. I set aside my position. I set aside my reputation. I set aside my title. I set aside my traditions. I set aside my years of service. I set aside my rights. And I serve as he served. I remember his humble example and meet people where they are and point them to Jesus through being that humble servant. As humble servants, no task, no person is beneath us. Let me say that again. As humble servants, that means that no task and no person is beneath us. 
Jesus said in verse 16, Most assuredly, I say to you that a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. In other words, he's saying he wants us to understand this is what Jesus did, and this is what Jesus did, and we think, but sometimes we think we're better than other people. No, we're not any greater than Jesus, are we? No. I should do just as he has done. I should do just as the master has taught me. I should do just as the Lord expects. I should do just as the teacher has taught. We are not, listen, we are not better than someone else. You are not better than somebody else. I am not better than somebody else. We are certainly not better, and we are certainly not better than Jesus. Amen? I Means very clear. We are not too good to do anything in Jesus' name. Jesus tells the disciples that this is an example and that we should do as he has done. So why did he give them this example? Why did he give them this example? Was it just so they'd be nice to each other when he's gone? No, that's not it at all. These disciples, these Christian leaders, are the ones who would be turning the world upside down for Christ. And so as they would spread the gospel message, but first and foremost, they had to be servants to those whom they taught and testified to. They would remember this example of servanthood as well as the extravagant act of serving, that of him going to the cross. When the disciples are seeking to win people to Christ, to point people to Jesus, they would remember that they are to be servants as he was a servant. By what he did here in this upper room where he was washing their feet, but also they would remember the greatest act of his serving as he went to the cross. Brothers and sisters, listen. We are to serve one another. We're to be ministers to one another, no matter how menial the task, no matter what the cost. We're to be like Jesus in our behavior and serve as he served. It is to be our rule of life for his disciples. Jesus was willing to serve, and so we also must be willing to serve as well. Y'all with me this morning? Just making sure. This, this service is expected of us as his disciples, so we may follow his example, point people to him. So let us hear that perpetual expectation what our behavior is to be from the teacher and the Lord. But also let's hear the perpetual expectation is for the benefit of blessing. For the benefit of blessing. Verse 17, look what he says. He says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. He's saying you need to know these things. But look, you are blessed, meaning you are happy, you are joyful, you are fulfilled if you do them. You must do these things. It's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it. Blessed are you if you do these things. We find, listen, we find our greatest joy in obeying Christ by serving others. Many will be drawn to Jesus as we serve each other as disciples and as we serve those around us. That will bring us great blessing and joy when we see other people coming to know Christ. These disciples would follow his example as well, serving others. But we also know about the disciples in the early church that they would also lay down their lives in humble service to him and others. And yet Jesus knows that, and yet he says to them, they would be blessed. They would find joy, knowing that they're gonna, their lives are going to be taken from them in serving. Well, absolutely, because... He's saying to them that you will be blessed as you do these things because many will come to know Christ as Savior. And these disciples would join him in his sufferings and they would also enter into the joy of 
the Lord. So let us be a copy. Let us be a copy of what Jesus showed the disciples, recognizing who he is and what he's done, receiving and following his example of humility, even in hostility, and knowing he expects us to live as a humble servant, as a rule of life, and we'll be blessed. Now, class, here's your assignments. I don't know where this popping is coming from today, but we'll try to fix that before 11 o'clock. Here's your assignments. Know, be, and do. Know this. The humble, know, this is what you need to know. You need to know the humble service of our Lord. We must never forget what he did here as he washed the disciples' feet. How he served the disciples, even those who were about to betray him and deny him. But also we must not forget and we always need to know the humble service of our Lord and how he served us by going to the cross. We need to know the humble service of our Lord. Secondly, we need to be like him as a humble, obedient servant. We need to be like him. In other words, we need to be a copy of him to the world around us. And then what do we need to do? Serve the Lord with gladness. And not only serving the Lord with gladness, this isn't on the screen, but also serve each other as a copy of Christ. Amen? Serve the Lord with gladness and serve each other as a copy of Christ. So do you know someone who needs a visit or a word of encouragement? Don't do it like they did it at the video at the beginning, right? Be a humble servant. You know, as we talked about the mimeograph machine at the very beginning, how that thing worked was that there was this stencil, and you had the white paper, and that the ink was pressed through the stencil onto the paper for people to see. As, God, as the Lord Jesus lives within each of us, friends, may we be like that, in that he is pressing out the ink of what it is to be a follower of Jesus so that the world can see what that looks like. Amen? Do serve the Lord with gladness. Do serve each other as a copy of Christ. Is there a task at work? Is there a task at school? Is there a task at church or in your neighborhood that routinely is left undone and you've noticed it? Then serve. Then do it. Whatever that is. As I was finishing this up this, this week, I couldn't help but to remember a story real quick, and I promise I'll be done with this, all right? And the church that I served before, there was this precious saint, sweet lady, who came to me, and uh, she said, Pastor, she said, in my Sunday school class, I've been noticing something. I said, what have you noticed, sister? She said, under the chair, under the third chair from the door, there is a dead fly. And, and I don't know who it is who cleans our church, but they need to get that fly. And I've been watching that dead fly for like three weeks, and it hadn't been gotten yet. And I just laughed at her. I said, well, sister, you know what I'd do if I was you? I'd just get the fly. Amen? I believe I'd just get it up. You know, friends, we can be very persnickety sometimes, can't we? 
Let's just serve like Jesus taught us to serve. Amen? Let's just be a humble servant before God. I'm sure none of you have ever done anything quite like that in your life, I'm sure. But, <clears throat> but nevertheless, let's be humble servants of Christ. And brothers and sisters, following Jesus' example in serving begins with following Jesus, which takes the first step. If you don't know Jesus, begin that step, that journey today by trusting Jesus as Savior of your life. Knowing that we're all sinners in need of a Savior, turning from our sin, turning to Jesus in repentance, embracing, believing with all of our heart that He's God's Son who died on the cross and rose again bodily from the grave and professing Him as the Lord and Savior of your life. It's a step of faith. If you've never taken that step of faith, take that step of faith today, trusting Jesus to save you. For those of us who have done that already and know Jesus, let us now follow Jesus' example and be the humble servant in all that we say and all that we do, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, for the glory of God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. May you speak to our hearts. May you guide us and direct us and lead us, Lord, to be faithful to you. Lord, you have given us an awesome example washing the disciples' feet, of humbly serving, loving unconditionally, showing your grace. Lord, as you have changed us and transformed us by that grace, I pray, Father, that you would help us to be the humble servants. Lord, let us come to this moment of invitation and yield our lives to you in complete surrender. Saying, Lord, may you have your way in all of our hearts and lives that we would be those servants that you've called us to be. There are those here today, Lord, as we come to this invitation who've never trusted you as Savior. May this be that moment of salvation. They'll come and take Pastor Andy or myself by the hand and say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And we'll be glad to pray with them. But Father, also we pray for those who just need to say, I want to surrender my life. I want to be that servant that God's called me to be. I want to humble myself as he has taught me here. I've been reminded of his grace. I've been reminded of his love for me And I want to be just like him. I want to be a copy to the world. We'll be glad to pray with those folks as well. Father, may you speak to their hearts. Or if there are those who just want to come and pray silently or come and make this church home their fellowship, whatever you're doing in our lives, may we be obedient to your call upon our lives, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing, My Jesus, I love thee. And I'll be at the front. Pastor Andy's here. You come as God's dealt with your heart. We'll be glad to pray with you today.